the rest is history with how I, gay you were. Should I do the, my 30 second recap of what this is? You gotta find a way to break back in and steal your own laptop back. My friend Jack Dorsey. The world as we know it. So I'm I'm pretty sure I'm never gonna lose my hair. Um and I've cons- uh I think good jeans. Um what do your pants I, have to do with your hair? I actually don't wear jeans anymore. No, that's not true. I have a uh, black I have a pair of black skinny jeans that I've been into lately. Because I wear them with uh I have a pair of black Doc Martens. So I wear that's exciting. Yeah, the black docks with the black skinnies. So but I think because they say it's like uh, your dad, your mom's father, right? If he was bald, you're in trouble. But if you're. I've heard that before. That's probably a myth, though. That seems like one of those things that people say. No, I've, I've heard it, too. My, my problem is not to be morbid. Both my parents lost their fathers at a young age. So you never knew. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess they didn't have to worry about their hair. So That's they had true. That going for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah my my mom's dad i think he was like in his early 80s or late 70s um he died when i was 15 but my mom is like fuck my mom's almost 65 so she's she's just old so her dad was older happy birthday yeah uh actually it's in like a week and a half or something oh well, yeah. this show will be in her honor yeah, yeah. She's never going to listen, but that's okay. Um, it's, I think that's for the best. If I, yeah, honestly, she would just be, she wouldn't even be like ashamed of the content. She would just be ashamed just, that her son thinks he has a podcast. I think that's that's the takeaway in general. I think yeah. that's how people in my life are going to view this for that's okay. the entire length of however long we do this. That's all right. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I have been recently. I guess not super recently within the last year i've been kind of fascinated by the idea of getting a tattoo on the side of my head like from my ear up to the side of my head just like some like i don't know like a flower or some geometric shape or something like that um and i'm like yeah i i don't ever like want to have it visible but i want to like shave my head get the tattoo and then grow my hair back and just know it's there Oh, underneath your hair. Right, right. It's a huge waste of money, basically. And well, I it's also a up. bet. It's it's one thing to say you have good genes, but you're quite right. literally putting a huge bet that your hair won't recede right. past the tattoo. Yeah, exactly. And I, I brought this up with Mitchell, and his hair is receding. So he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, man, that's so dumb. You like, if you start to go bald, you got enough problems already, you know. <laughs> he's he's dead set against it, and I do take his advice. Unlike Ben, if I brought this up to Ben and he was like, that, that's dumb, I'd do it the next day. That's why I can never ask Ben. because Well, if we keep any of this uh, from editing, um, these are all friends of ours. <laughs> Harrison, you might know them. Yeah, Harrison, you may, you may um, know these people. But I, I will say, Ben, um, assuming that a listener has no context, he taught me how to drink coffee. So I've taken his advice on that. So he, he has advice. If, if there's anything you need to know about Ben, it's, he's got advice. Yeah, you know, he and I have agreed on 
I I want to say fewer than 10 things in our entire friendship, which I think is we started college uh, in the fall of 2012. Uh, so we, we have now been out of college longer than we were in college. Um, and Ben, Ben and I's friendship began on really the second day of college. We slept, uh, in a tent at camp together. He, myself, Ben Brucker and BJ. And, uh, we all slept. It was like a square tent. And none of us knew each other and none of us knew what to expect about being on a college cross country team. None of us knew just how gay it was going to get and how quickly it was going to get that way. So we all slept like fair one person on like, like around the perimeter of the tent. Like we didn't want to be close to each other at all. <laughs> we were like, Oh no, I can't, you know, can't, can't have them thinking I'm a weirdo, you know? And uh, of course, the rest is history with how gay you were no how gay everything kind of was with cross country like understood like objectively somebody would say not even using gay as like a slur but if somebody if you took several snapshots of the antics we had throughout our time in cross country and you just objectively said to somebody hey looking at these photos no context would you say that any of these people in the photos are more than 50% likely that they have some tendency to be sexually attracted to men the way they're behaving in these photos i'd say yeah that's you'd probably get some yeses okay i'm going to i'm going to percolate on that remember the towel with the hole in it no, I, 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 I can't I imagine everything that. you're talking about. I, yeah, okay. There were several uh, teammates that we had that were gay, and they probably behaved more appropriately than any of us in that locker room. Who are we to define what, what gay behavior is? Um, I didn't say they, we behaved gay. I said we, they behaved more appropriately. Oh, it's fair. Some of the things... following rules. Right. Yeah. I think some of the things, some of the looking back, some of the like behaviors we had in the locker room, I definitely think could be um, if we, if we were behaving this way to people that we weren't good friends with and that we knew had a sense of humor about these things. Like, I think we were, we were definitely good about not antagonizing people that didn't want to be antagonized, but I think some of those things could have easily been taken out of, not even out of context, just not appreciated by some people, you know? You ever think about, like, you look back on, on college days, and which for us was recently, mm-hmm. and, and think about all the things that you were exceptionally proud of while they were happening, and you now, not so long later, know you'll never really be that proud of them and that they don't mean much, and you just hope that your future children never find out? Um. I think that's maybe part of my problem is that like some of the things I am still proud of some of that really stupid shit. Like, uh, like when we played 300, 
I'm still really proud of that. I played all three games and we won all three games. We drank literally from like 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. Like nonstop. I have mixed emotions, but I I understand where you're coming from. I'm kind of proud of that. Um, And maybe maybe that's part of my problem. Maybe I shouldn't be. Or like, well, that's what that's that's what a podcast is for, right? To solve problems, to it's explore these two, issues. Two guys, rather than going to therapy, right? Having right. a podcast. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, this is uh, the world as we know it. Uh, for those coming from the Celtics game that just ended, and naturally coming here, right? Right. Yeah, right. Welcome. For those, for those We're happy to have us, you. For those joining us from uh, from the eastern part of the U.S. Yep, uh, and if you're listening on radio. Uh, Tony's on the left side of your your radio knobs, and uh, Chippy's on the right. Don't say knobs. Is that is that not politically correct to say knobs? Yeah, you can't say knobs anymore. That's all right. right. Um, the dials, the radio dials. Um, yeah, there. You probably heard our new theme song at the top of the show. Uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Drop us a line. If you don't have our numbers, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this show, anyways. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, yeah, do you remember that game of uh, Vietnam War that we played? I was telling somebody about this recently. Where, um, also it, not politically correct. Right. Yeah, that's that's not appropriate at all. That. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into it though. Um, where because that's not the important part of the story. I'm just getting my opinion out there. Yeah. That's please fair. continue. Uh, Steer and I were just ripping bong hits and Steer was like we're like because we were team we were the American team and, and Steer was like we're the hippie we're the hippie faction of the Americans and I don't remember why but you weren't you weren't doing any any bong rips it was just me and Steer and so he and I got like he thought he was a turtle at one point it was that night Oh, that was the turtle night? Yeah, yeah. We were just Our friend com- turned into a turtle. Yeah, we were completely toasted. And um and then you started filling up all of our cups. They all had beer in them, and then you started pouring like little bits of vodka into it. And then ice things up. Yeah. But then Steer and I were too high, we couldn't drink anymore. Or we weren't <laughs> gonna be able to stand up straight. So we made you drink everything after like an hour of playing this game. And it went on for probably another hour, another forty-five minutes at least. And so you were you were drinking beer mixed with vodka. And Steer and I, we didn't stop smoking either. We just kept like destroying. It was that like two and a half foot bong that we had, and uh, we won that game though. You, me, and Mike won that game, which is all that matters, right? You know, and our victory is that we would remember it. And I'm years still later proud of that. I'm still in a, proud in a of discussion that. of what we are and aren't proud of about college. <laughs> and we're on opposite sides of uh, the discussion. I'm mixed. I'm mixed. I'm in my own journey with it. I'll let you know where I land. I'm just excited to hopefully have children one day. And, you know, my kids are home from college if they choose to go that route. And, you know, we're sitting, it's, you know, it's late at night and we're, I don't know, watching TV or something. These are the situations that happened with my dad. So I want this to be, <laughs> but he doesn't tell me any, any cool shit that he used to do, but I'm going to spice up the conversation, you know, 
And I'm, I guess I, it's kind of pathetic to just tell your kids about that. I tell my dad raised me. Yeah. See, he knows, he knows what he's doing. Um, so welcome that that's all to say. Welcome. Welcome Harrison. Thank you for joining us today. We're happy to have you tonight. And, uh, and maybe Michael Gerbino. Welcome, Michael. That'd be great. Uh, MichaelGerbino.com, by the way, is our sponsor. Uh, so if you would check please... it out. Um, there's no referral code. If you buy something from it, somehow we'll yeah. get credit. Yeah, because he doesn't expect to get any other referrals. So he's just given all the referrals to us. So, yeah, yeah. if you want to be a it's friend. that, that day friend. zero sponsorship. Right. MichaelGerbino.com, friend of the show, sponsor of the show. Thank you, MichaelGerbino.com. Um, so let's see. How how's your week been? You've been doing some traveling. I have or you have? You have. I haven't gone anywhere. Oh, I thought I thought we live in a world where we're not supposed to talk about when we travel because it's like a super taboo thing. Um, eh, I think it's fine. We're getting there. Um, yeah. So I don't live on my own anymore. I go back and forth between my mom's house and my future in-laws house. Pretty nice. It's a good life. I was super against it at first. I'll be honest, but I've leaned in. I love the no rent. I Mm -hmm. love the family situations, the family time. And I have a, I have a really good, got space in both houses, got an office. I'm happy. So made my way from New Hampshire. Now I'm in North Carolina, both places, extreme issues with COVID right now. Nice. I think everywhere has that. Yeah. No, I, I looked up a map. I was on the New York times and Tori, it's, Tori was showing me that today. It's hilarious because they're like, we've, we've gotten the best data scientists and, and it's because they roll out a map like every day, but right. they're like, this is the new map. We've gotten the best journalists on it. And we we've, we've categorized into five categories between like very extreme down to don't worry about it. And each County in America is categorized. And then you yeah. scroll down to the map and it's just all fives. Yeah, they, they, they didn't even bother to parse the data or, or maybe they spent so much money to parse the data and realize that we're just we're all screwed. I don't I don't know why they built this thing. Yeah. Tori was like, Tori was like, uh oh, we are now at an extreme risk in Cuyahoga County of getting COVID. And I was like, well, how does that compare to everywhere else? Like, should, it's all, it's all should, should we same. move? And she zooms out. She's like, no, it, it's the same thing everywhere. <laughs> like, OK, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing then. Yeah. Well, been, no, Dr. Fauci said we all have to wear two masks now. Right. I actually started doing that at the grocery store. Oh, nice. Yeah. It makes it difficult to um, try all the Hawaiian punch, which I usually do. I like to go down the aisle and try all the different Hawaiian punches. And then put them back. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to buy all that Hawaiian punch. Right. Yeah. Right. I so. think you, you, you picked up that habit when you were traveling in China. Right. Um, it's and a common I, I thing think, there. Yeah, and when you were backpacking in Italy last uh-huh. January, I think Which you, is you did it there as well. The home of Hawaiian punch, famously. Yeah, and then you spent some time in California. So you've really uh-huh. been bringing this Hawaiian punch habit around the world. But it's, California, it seems, yeah, it seems to be working out well for you. I dream of Californication. How is how is your week? Um, it's been all right. I uh, so at work. We have this software. I'm not going to go into too much detail. It's basically a uh, 
a file management software that many engineering companies use, or they use something similar, and it's designed to streamline the storage of uh, 3D models, drawings, that sort of stuff. And we had never used anything like this before. And I have, like from a previous job, the absolute most baseline experience with this software. So I get to this job where I'm at now. I've been there for about three years. And they're like, hey, you know all about this. I'm like, eh, not really. And they're like, well, you know enough. You should, uh, you should implement this here. So I've been working on this pretty much since I got there. And the way it works is we had our supplier basically designed our whole layout and our, our database and the way everything works. And I, I learned it. I understood it. And I showed it to my bosses. And I was like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And they were like, eh, it's not that great. Change all of this stuff. And they gave me, so we had this series of meetings where I would change things and we review it again. And over the course of like eight months, I basically completely stripped down and reprogrammed this entire database. Okay. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any skills <laughs> in that area at all. I guess I have some now, but uh, so we're finally starting to roll this software out. We're having some of our engineers use it and more and more of them are now using it and more and more of them are discovering bugs that I programmed it because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> the last two weeks, I guess the last week and a half has been like just a constant like fielding phone calls from people like, Hey, this is broken. This is broken. Can you fix this? I'm like, Oof. honestly, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Like you need to send me some screenshots and I will add it to my list. So, um, I worked from home today with the goal of, uh, figuring out a bunch of these issues and ended up getting caught in something else this morning and then tried to get into this database to work on it today. But all the software licenses were taken. So I couldn't even do anything until like three o'clock today. So I didn't really get that much done. So I'm going to work from home tomorrow morning and try and I didn't log out of my license after I got it at three o'clock. I still have it. I'm still logged into the VPN and I'm still logged into that software. So that will show. Yeah. So I'm going to get an email tomorrow at like seven 30. Like, Hey, can you log out? And I'm going to be like, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm the admin bitch. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so yeah, I've been dealing with that. So that's been a little stressful, but it's a good thing to have on a resume for sure that I can, that I've like experienced being the, the admin for this software. So, uh, oh, shout out to Harrison. He's texting me right now. Is so, he listening? Yeah. He's on, he's on, a, so, I got it. He's on another line here. Somehow he's muted <laughs> and hidden in this call. Um, cool. So we don't have a lot of time, but what, what segments do you want to run today? Uh, did you watch the, um, I'm sure you watched the Bucks Packers game. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about your boy, Tommy B being back in the Super Bowl? Uh, I can't speak for all Pats fans. So let me take this moment to speak for all Pats fans. Mm-hmm. Um, please there's, do. there's such a, I mean, all of sports commentary gins up whatever to like th- things to talk about. Cause you have to talk about something. Right, because it's it's grown men and women and arguing points people. that they know are false, which is what we all enjoy. That's that's great and all. Well, but and the, they're talking about grown adults 
playing games and making more than I'm ever going to make in my life in a year to play a game. Right. So, so you gotta, yeah. Yeah. So, so nothing, nothing wrong with it, but the whole Brady versus Belichick. Um, I think some Pats fans are still mad at Bill Belichick. Some Pats fans wrote off Tom Brady, but the heavy, heavy majority just want the Patriots to win and want Tom Brady to win. And we have nothing but love in our hearts for, for both organizations and teams. I just think that's, that's what it is. So yep. I know like I have group chats with different Patriots fans and everyone was watching the Bucks came and absolutely loved it because for the record, at the end of the day, if Tom Brady, just by making it to the Super Bowl, let alone winning it, those rings are on top of his goat career, right. which is a, is a Patriots career. So right. like the hall of fame is going to be red, white, and blue no matter what. Yeah. So to make, to make him play even better is awesome. And it's just cool that he won that bet, you know, like mm-hmm. the bet whole LeBron self. saga and, you know, KD, I think in basketball, when it's this whole bet, like can one player go to a team and then single-handedly win it? And to some degrees people have, but even LeBron didn't get it the first year in Miami. Like there was still, mm-hmm. I think I have that right. But the point is like, there yeah. was, there was questions yeah. around like, can a player do it? Like can even LeBron James go somewhere and instantly win? Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady laid down that bet, just like all these other greats. And he's on the cusp of doing it. He's on the cusp of saying, I'm going to go to a bad team and win the Super Bowl with them. And he might with, do it. With all this, the added layer of Belichick. I mean, for years, for his whole career, people have said Belichick makes him who he is. He's a system quarterback. Anybody but the Patriots, he'd be trash. Right. But, and maybe that would have been true 15 years ago, but he's legitimately a great quarterback now probably the best of all time and it doesn't matter who he plays for right and he should get his due that he contributed to the Patriots system in his own way to make it what it now is which it's still great mm-hmm. we had a bad season but it doesn't take away from the system on the whole Happens and Belichick us, is still foundational to that but they both are but that's not the conversation everyone has to pick a side but I don't think most fans really care they, they're just happy that we get you know, if we can't get the Patriots, we're happy to see Tom Brady win. Yeah. Gives you something to cheer for, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. I don't really care anymore at this point. I have no attachment. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is funny in the commercials. I got that. Oh, he's such a bad actor. I oh, think of, so of all the quarterback actors, he ranks last. The commercial where he's putting the ketchup on the steak, that cracks me up. Oh, did you guys want some ketchup? Or the, the new head and shoulders one? I mean, they're good commercials. Where he says he's, he eats 100% of his green beans. <laughs> Some people deserve their day. Baker Mayfield, I think, took acting classes before this NFL season. Oh, he's, he's fucking hilarious. Absolutely. I love so if we're, if we're going who deserves it, it's not it's not Patrick Mahomes, but he oh, is no. in the commercials. Yeah, we'll no, I'm just, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Super Bowl is a week from Sunday, so that should be fun. Um, should be interesting. Uh, did you see? Well, okay, I'll 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 rope this into uh, who am I having a better day then? And this is uh, this is retroactive to uh, to Sunday. Uh, but probably still, he's probably still thinking about it. Um, on Saturday, the shoe company called Hoka One One. 
which is uh, their running shoe company. They are, I think, based, probably based in California. They have a, a huge training group in Arizona, though, in uh, Flagstaff. And yeah. they have some really, really talented, mostly marathon runners and some ultra marathon runners signed to their to their group. And they had this big event on Saturday corresponding with the release of their newest carbon plated racing shoe, which is uh, another issue I could get into at another time on the pod, carbon plated marathon racing shoes. But uh, they put together this whole event on this completely isolated, flat looping course in Arizona, in in the Phoenix area. And uh, it was a designed world record attempt at the 100 kilometer distance so the they had a men's men's and women's field and the leading man in this field who is his name is jim walmsley he is the greatest active ultra marathoner in the world uh one of the greatest of all time he has the uh course record at western states 100 he's won it twice and beaten his own course record both times beaten the course record and then beaten his own course record again he's he's a a complete monster and he was uh kind of hoka's uh star student in this uh world record attempt so 100 kilometers is 62 point like three miles or something like that right and it's just over and over on this looping i think the loop was like seven miles long so he had to run this loop like eight and a half almost nine times <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> over and over again he ran 555 pace average for six hours over six hours in this event to try and break the world record he, uh, I think, had to take one bathroom break. It took him 25 seconds. Uh, he ran into a fence. He took a corner too sharp and clipped his shoulder on a fence, and he was bleeding for half the race down his shoulder. Like, half of his jersey was, like, soaked in red from wow. blood, and he just kept running. After uh, 100 kilometers of running, 62.3 miles, he came up short on his world record attempt, he missed it by 12 seconds. Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was pretty heartbreaking. You hate um, to see that. Yeah, so he like, he finished the race, immediately sat down in a folding chair, and his like girlfriend came over to comfort him, and he was like visibly upset, and he's just kind of like looking around, and then he started puking because he had just been running... 550 he was running like 1835 k's but he ran 20 of them in a row and uh and then he started crying (laughs) and he's like puking and crying (laughs) yeah it was bad it was bad um so it's an american record but not a world record which is what he was really hoping for so um i think we'll probably see him back at that distance again uh possibly at some point in maybe the next year but um yeah, pretty, pretty heartbreaking to watch. Mitch and I did a run on Saturday at uh, Cuyahoga Valley National Park. We were like getting in the trail run spirit, although this was on a road, but Walmsley usually runs on trails. And uh, we went to get uh, Swenson's afterwards. 
And we were just like sitting in the parking lot watching the live stream of this race. It was was great. (laughs) And then we went home and yeah, he didn't get the world record, but. I mean, you're technically allowed to do whatever you want. Swenson's parking lot. I think that's Ohio state law. Yeah. We were also naked. So. Yeah. It's everything is, is allowed as, as long as the servers are running when they're on the blacktop, right. You can do whatever you want in the parking lot. Right. So, um, yeah. Having a better day than, than Jim Walmsley. Probably still, he's probably a little disappointed, but he'll be back. So, uh, do you, are you having a better day or a better week? Maybe we could say better week, better week. Um, well, I kind of want to co-opt it to, have you heard about the game stock game stops? Uh, oh, squeeze? I was talking to Mitch about this earlier. Yeah. I'm too dumb to really understand entirely what's going on, but can we just, can we talk about it? Cause I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, so I'm, I'm having a better day than most, at least today, most large hedge funds and traders on wall street. I think if I got yeah. it right. Yeah. Melvin Capital, I think, is the name of the specific yeah, that's, hedge fund that that's shorted the big GameStop one. stocks. Yeah, yeah, there are more now, but I'm having a better day than than Melvin Capital. Yeah. Um, so I guess should I do the my 30 second recap of what this is? Yeah. See, because I've read like six or seven things about this today to try and fully wrap my head around what's going on with this, and uh, I would like to hear your explanation to see if it makes any more sense than the other things i've read yeah well well to set the scene i'm i'm not a trader but from what i know you you've talked about like investing apps like robin hood i don't Um, use that shit that's for day traders i use acorns well that's kind of part of it right like you 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 use an app because the whole premise is like you're young you're millennial you have not that much money relative to someone who actually works in the financial sector. So you're like, yeah, I'll use an app to invest, whether that's like passive investing, like acorns, or if you want to be a day trader like Robinhood, but the premise is like a quote unquote real trader, someone who does it professionally or someone who has a lot of money isn't using Robinhood. They're using more traditional traders, banks, institutions, et cetera. So there's like this riff between people who day trade and like discuss strategies on Reddit and then like, quote unquote, the financial elite, people who are like traditionally using the banking systems for what they were built to do, which is rich people making more money. Yeah. Built so to enrich the already wealthy. Right. But Robinhood apps wasn't made for that. From the right. get-go, they said, we're going we're gonna to do trades for people who don't have a lot of money, which was not how the system was built. So there's already like this dichotomy, which causes issues, um, as it should, you know, and it comes out in interesting ways. I think the reason the story is so interesting because it exposes it fully where a financial report comes out because that's a thing people do. They just write financial reports, giving recommendations and then traders, uh, hedge funds, all these people who make money on the stock market in different ways, they read reports and they make decisions. So a report comes out that says game stock valued at whatever it is, like $40 a share is too high. You know, people don't go to malls anymore and shop for video games right overvalued and so all of these hedge funds and day traders said like oh it's overvalued we're going to short it so we're going to bet money in the stock market that game stock is going to go down the stock will go down the company's value will go down which is a thing you can do 
kind of rude if you ask me. Yeah. Then the Robin Hoods, the people who aren't part of normal institutions who discuss financial strategies on Reddit, literally born from Reddit, a bunch of Redditors said, well, if enough of us place stock trades on behalf of GameStop, it won't actually go down. It'll drive it up. And man, were they right. Mm-hmm. So not only did it drive the price up, but it drive it up dramatically to the point where a group of Redditors were able to not only reduce the position that this, this hedge fund had taken, but completely risk the entire fund because the bet they had taken had backfired so poorly that they were losing billions of dollars. Right. And had to ask other hedge funds to, to lend them money, to bail them out of this one bet they had made. But then other traders came in and said, we're on team the people. We're on team Robinhood. We're on team Reddit. And said, mm-hmm. like, we'll also back it up. You know, we don't need to, we don't care if this hedge fund fails. But then other traders said, like, well, now the stock price keeps going up. So we're also going to bet on it to fail just as a, as a carry on. But then you have like, it's just this back and forth. Elon Musk is team GameStop. And then there have been Elon Musk. <laughs> there have been all these follow ons where, like, all of these stores, which you, didn't think ever made money like amc amc theaters yep yeah um is dropping on and at the end of the day the hedge funds will be fine people who are rich before this will stay rich most redditor users aren't going to see any of this money or or you know it's i don't think anyone really benefits you might have a few lucky millionaires yeah but i just love in this world of like twitter and this world where things are more public that we're all on the same page that there's no illusion that wall street's fair. There's no illusion that it's not, the cards aren't stacked against you. We just get to see it happen in real time and we get to kind of, you know, play a joke on some people. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more transparency to it now. So, so I I'll say Mitch was like kind of panicking today a little bit. He sent me this TikTok about these people who like live some, I don't need, I don't know what they are. I'm not on TikTok, So I don't know who these people are, but they they don't work and they have like i guess somewhat of a lavish lifestyle and they made this tiktok explaining how they live this lifestyle and the dude's just a day trader and he like yeah so last month i turned like six hundred dollars into like fourteen thousand and this month i turned a thousand dollars into twenty thousand and mitch is like a little bit panicky because he's like this is you know all of our good investments, all of our good faith investments are going to go down the drain. I'm like, dude, I think I'm fine. Like the money I have that's not supposed to get pulled out for like, what, 40 years. I'm not really concerned about that. That'll bounce back. I think I also yeah, don't have that I, much I, money in there. Well, I think that's generally how any sort of investing works. I, I mean, you and I aren't professionals at this, but like we're, we're not stupid and you have money you invest for the long term, and that might be in stocks, but you don't like shit's gonna happen. We're currently yeah. in a recession. We might be in a financial bubble, but you either care about it a lot and you make it your profession or you you don't. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, he's he's like worried because he's he he was talking to me about this the other day about a friend of his that's like doing this Robin Hood day trading shit. And yeah, the the Wall Street Bets subreddit, I will say, is pretty incredibly toxic place but um 
<laughs> like like a lot of reddit well, yeah this, yeah this doesn't this isn't true necessarily of of reddit because i think there's there's little recognition in reddit everyone's behind a username and but on tiktok and the all these other other platforms it pisses me off because like the tiktoker who's saying i made all these trades they're just making money from the tiktok or making money from their like affiliate links and yeah you know, it's, right it's people in a gold rush didn't make money from gold it's the people who sold the shovels it just happens over and over again. Or yeah. like you see those ads for drop shipping. Yeah. And my girlfriend came to me the other day and she's like, you know what? I could quit my job and just drop ship. <laughs> and I'm like, how much does the class cost? Because that's the only person making money in drop shipping is the person trying to sell you a class on drop shipping yeah. and they'll make money and no one they teach will. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's funny to see billionaires squirm a little bit. Because that's like you said, there's so much transparency into it now too. But that's why it's having a better day then. At the end of the yeah. day, I don't think the financial institutions are going to change to benefit people who are disadvantaged in any way. That's, right. that's just kind of the inequality of society. But um, today, I think today we won the battle. Yeah. The CEO of Melvin Capital was having dinner with his wife and he was really upset. So he, he left and went to go see his girlfriend, but he was still really upset. Not even she can make him feel better. And that's something. Yeah, that's when you know. We're going to get sued now. The world as we know it is uh, fielding <laughs> our first lawsuit for defamation from the CEO of Melvin Capital. Well, I already, I've already won one lawsuit this month, so bring it on. All right, yeah, you're, you're our chief uh, legal officer. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's only two of us. We got to wear a lot of hats here. Yeah, we're working really hard at this. We're working, we're working triple time, man. You know, I went to a, a networking event. It was like how to put on a good podcast last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I admire the faith you have in this show. That you think yeah. we could make it anything more than what it already is. Yeah. No, I do have faith. Yeah. I, also, I also have a very um, uh, stupid ambition for things. You know, no, anything I, I do, so. I just assume it's going to going to be big. I'm I'm the same way with with things selectively, though, I think like uh, like with running. I've pretty much convinced myself that I can run an Olympic trials qualifier at this point. Not not this year, maybe not next year, but at some point I, I'm pretty convinced I could do it. I, so I have a difference no, between have you no and basis. me. No, it's but that's it's just pure confidence. Yeah. Misplaced. Sure. Yeah. Misaligned. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Eh, that's all right. If you're not going to, I mean, if you're going to sell yourself short before you even get started, you know, you're destined for failure. And that was a problem I had uh, in college. In college races, I had that issue a lot. Like I would get such bad race anxiety that I would take myself out of a race before it even started. Definitely. And I uh, have gotten, I really don't know how I've improved that, but it's pretty much gone at this point. Um, I'm like excited to run and race now. And I, I get like amped up on the starting line, but not like, not dreadful or nervous, like, you know, excited. And it, it's had a, a huge, huge effect on my confidence, which has had a huge effect on my, like my output when I'm able to do in a race now. And yeah, it's, it's been a valuable lesson. If you, 
it just takes a little confidence to get you a long way sometimes. I think something that helped me with that is perspective. Definitely learned that around running. I think it applies to a lot of other things in life where like when you're nervous about something, if you're able just to like question it to its core, like, does this really matter? And you know, if, 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 if shit hits the fan, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And if, if the answer isn't like you're going to die or the world's going to end, which it's usually not, I mean, it's, there's some cases, but you know, you're able to just to say, Oh, failure is, is not going to kill me. Right. Uh, so it's not really something to be afraid of. And then you get rid of that mindset and you go back to thinking your thing is the most important thing in the world, but you still have that learned perspective of, you know, you're able to fail, which right. means you, you probably can won't approach it more aggressively. Yeah. 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 That's, um, <laughs> I've learned that with work too, working in, uh, in, in the industry I work in, working, working for the man, you know, uh, I've seen firsthand how difficult it is for them to hire people. So they don't want to fire anybody. I, I think have I you do... ever fired someone? No, I never have. No, I'm, I am so <laughs> much less important than you could ever imagine in this company. No, I don't think that's true. I think you're underselling yourself, but I just want to like, yeah, pe- I don't think people are afraid of getting fired. And it's oh, like, I used to be, but what I firing people is so difficult. Oh, I'm sure emotionally like some of the worst days of my life were days i've had to fire people yeah and it's not fun oh no i know that's it's, what i'm saying it, and even if even if i was more of an asshole the, the the paperwork and the processing and unemployment like it's it's difficult logistically right to fire people and i think people should have confidence people who are subpar at what they do remember it's logistically difficult for your boss to fire you and emotionally it's taxing on them. So they might just decide not to do it. Exactly. Not, not the total, uh, not exactly what I was going to go with this. I was going to say a lot of us have days where we just feel completely useless. Like we can't do anything right. And you're like, Oh, they should just fire me. They're not going to do that. And not just because, oh, they won't do that. No, they literally will not do that. It is so much more work for them than it would be to, like, if if you're not getting talked to from somebody, you know, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but if they're, I, I I'm just re- Lean I'm, in. Lean I'm reaffirming it. like my, my early fears when I first started in industry. Like you're speaking to a younger self. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Like, dude, it's fine. Go to work hungover. They're not going to fire you. It doesn't matter. How did, is that the, the take it home lesson? Yeah, I did like a good bit of weekday partying. Like the first year I had my first job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you have a job and you love it, but also college isn't quite done in your head. So you're just doing both. Well, Mike had an extra year of, or an extra semester because he did like a double co-op and then Harrison was still there and they you- lived together. You did in Cleveland. I moved to New York after college and immediately my roommate and like the friends I had were all still college students. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Why not? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I remember one night I went to Harrison and Mike's like on a weeknight and they were like, oh, let's watch a movie. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. And Harrison's like, let's watch Sausage Party. And me and Mike were like, no, that sounds so dumb. I don't want to watch that. And Harrison's like, no, come on. And we're like, no, it sounds stupid. And we started like smoking a bunch of weed and we watched the whole movie 
And afterwards, Harrison's like, well, what'd you think? And we're like, dude, that was fucking stupid. I told you I was not going to like it. And I, I didn't like it. I don't know what to tell you. It was dumb. <laughs> this is a waste of time. But I was like, yeah, pretty drowsy when I went to work the next day because I stayed up all night smoking weed and watching cartoons. But, I um, This reminds yeah. me, I got a, someone sent me a Snapchat from four years ago today. Yeah. And it's a picture of me. Like we were, you know, friends and I having a drunken night out in New York running up a down escalator being stupid yeah being very stupid but like i'm holding a tourist a tourist like a tourist i'm holding a work bag okay and i remember on like a tuesday night i used to you know i'd have to work late i was running my own company and i had client work and like client work is how i was running my company so if right. like if i messed up or lost the notes on a client meeting like loss of contract probably lo- lo- lose my company like everything was really dire like everything right. was really important and in my bag would be my laptop, which was like important to doing my job. I was running a software company, needed to write software on that laptop. That's pretty much all like, you need. Checks from clients, like money, um, notes, like every, everything to run it. Like it's just probably in that, that bag. And essentially like on a Tuesday night, I'd be working until like 8 p.m. And then people would come by my office and say, we're going out. We'd go out. And then I'm out till 4 a.m. And bar hopping with this bag just assuming that nothing bad could happen. Like, like no one's going to steal a laptop just left in a bar, which I was constantly doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm so surprised that that never went horribly, horribly wrong. Me just dragging my laptop across the city. You're for like, no reason. you're like the Jersey shore tech bro version of Indiana Jones. That's the highest compliment anyone's ever given me. <laughs> that's that's a pretty funny idea for like a short film you know indiana jones but it's like new york city you know and you're you're drunk (laughs) yeah you're drunk and you left your laptop and you have a like a a video call first thing in the morning with your biggest client you left your laptop in a bar and they closed up for the night you got to find a way to break back in and steal your own laptop back (laughs) this sounds like any modern sitcom based in new york which is most of them with no attempt at creativity yeah can we get seth rogan on the line i feel like he'd be into this (laughs) he's too busy berating ted cruz on twitter oh my god i just (laughs) i I know know. half of what i say here is how much i love twitter but that man wakes up every day bullies ted cruz and then goes to sleep and the world's better for it yeah i don't know why it's it's remarkable to me why some of these Republican lawmakers like even bother with Twitter anymore. Like everything they say. Did you see it was trending? Um, and this is a little bit old now, but since the, the last time we recorded, um, a bunch of Republican lawmakers were posting how many followers they had lost after. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like this big thing where like after the insurrection, you know, Twitter bans Donald Trump day of. And then the next day, Twitter, like in a moment's notice, says we've just banned QAnon accounts. Yeah, they cleaned up like a quarter million QAnon. So we learn a bunch of things. We learned that Jack Dorsey, like they'd already built out all of the technology they needed to, to, to ban these accounts. They had everything they needed. They literally like put a button on Jack Dorsey's desk. Like he was ready. Your boy, Jack Dorsey. My friend, Jack Dorsey. Right, right. Um. We had one night out together. It was very nice. He's mm-hmm. a very nice guy. Yeah. Um, but that there's that. He stole your laptop. 
He's the one who stole my. <laughs> That's the sitcom. He's a, he makes a cameo. <laughs> That's actually so. It was my stolen laptop where he canceled all these accounts from? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so that happens, and then in the days following, you have mostly Josh Hawley, this this like super ambitious, acting stupid, very evil uh, Republican um who just keeps keeps like doubling and tripling down uh that like the election was stolen which we've now learned is causing violence and you know but he's doing it anyway mm-hmm. and there's backlash and every time there's backlash he says it's cancel culture it's cancel culture so all of a sudden twitter bans all these QAnon counts he loses like 40,000 followers <laughs> yeah and it's like they ban like 60,000 or so he he loses essentially like that happens and he immediately says this is cancel culture this is cancel culture. The mob mentality is, is unfollowing me on Twitter. And then yeah. he would post a screenshot of like before and after. Yeah. And all these other Republican senators start posting screenshots. Kevin McCarthy did it. And they're all like hashtag cancel culture. And it's like, here's my account on January 5th. And here's my account on January 3rd. And they see the loss in followers. And either they were gleefully stupid, didn't think anyone would notice, or they themselves didn't know, or some combination of the three. Mm-hmm. All of the math, when you did the math of how many followers they lost, was almost exactly the amount of accounts that Twitter had removed the day before. Meaning they weren't publicly saying that there were people canceling their accounts. They were all publicly saying that like between 10 and 20% of all of their accounts were QAnon followers who are now banned from the yeah. platform. Q- like Russian QAnon bots, yeah. Exactly. Right. And they, they all publicly advertised it and yeah. publicly displayed it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable, but I, Holly, uh, he wants to run for president. I think he's, Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's got that on his short list. Um, so that'll be, that'll be interesting, I guess. Well, I the, know. the work continues. The dumpster fire continues. Yeah. It has to can't got to wake up and go to work, you know, wake up and feed the fire beat the flames um <laughs> what was it uh oh, this was this was a few months ago maybe it happened recently again on reddit um some thread about rage against the machine something that they're doing they're like creating some short film about police violence i think um or something like that and it was on r slash music and a bunch of people like lost it. And they're like, what? How could Rage Against the Machine do this? Fucking selling out. Like, I can't believe this. You know, they're, they're, they're fucking bowing down to the, you know, the liberal, whatever. And people were like, have you never listened to a Rage Against the Machine song? Have you never listened to a single lyric from that band? <laughs> it's, it, people are, yeah, it's, it's a lot of willful stupidity, I think. Um, Speaking of cancel culture, I, I wanted to bring this up real quick before, before our time is up here. Um, sure. So, and, and Twitter, cancel culture and Twitter. Um, Hoodie Allen. Remember Hoodie Allen? Yeah. Is he still relevant? So I was listening to a Hoodie Allen song today. Okay. I, it, it was Long Night featuring Chance the Rapper. And we used to just, we used to just guzzle cheap vodka lemonades in your freshman dorm to that song remember that we'd just be you know oh chance the rapper ah, you know so i was like oh man this is a good song i was like man what you know i used to follow hoodie you allen just, on you Twitter. just cemented our, our whiteness yeah that's cool in one sentence that's good this yeah. is the world as we know it 
<laughs> um, I was like, man, I, I used to follow Hoodie Allen. What's he up to? I haven't seen like, I haven't seen any tweets from him recently. So I looked up his account. I'm still following him. I clicked on his account. He hasn't tweeted since June 21st of 2020. This long thread about. Uh, this was his last tweet. Yeah. This like five or six tweet thread about allegations of misconduct against one of his bandmates. Uh, basically, he was being accused. It, yeah, it was it was him. It was him and one of his bandmates. But he like totally tried to blame the entire thing on his one bandmate and was like, yeah, this person's been kicked out of the band. This is not the oh, he took no responsibility. None, none whatsoever. So I looked it up. And I like looked into the tweets and a bunch of people were like, dude, you are like so obtuse. Like everybody's blaming like, you. You June 2020. That, right? Yeah. Who it did it, I don't he doesn't even know how to fake apologize. Like there's Apparently you not. pay PR people to tell you how to apologize. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a label. That's like his whole thing. Okay. Common sense. But even if even if you're a total asshole or totally too arrogant to recognize that you hurt someone else like let's say those things are true yeah you, you still would think by like 2020 you've, you've learned that you know to save a career you need to pretend to apologize right look at look what lewis ck did and look what uh kevin spacey did and don't do anything remotely similar to those two and you basically combine what the two of them did that's I don't not get how people are still making that two lefts don't make a right mistake yeah so yeah apparently he had been uh, grooming underage fans for quite some time, which I-, I can easily see how it gets to that point because he built his whole career on being like his whole thing was like he's super uh, interactive with his fans. Um, they can reach him at any time. He would do like those phone calls with fans, you know, he would like be in like chat boards and message rooms and like um, all that kind of stuff. And as he got more and more famous, he still kept up with all that stuff as much as he could. I've been to a couple hoodie shows. Like he came to case once. That was a takeaway. Hey, this was like, this was a case. This was six years ago. I think before, before June of 2020. Sure. At case. That was a ton of fun. Honestly. Um, He was at spring fest one year and I think it was senior year actually. And I, I saw him at house of blues in Cleveland once too. And I haven't seen him since because like 60% of the people at the show at House of Blues were like 14 to 17 year old girls. And I was like, eh, this is maybe I was wrong about the vibe this guy's putting out, you know, and I was a little weary of it from there. But if if that's his fan base and he still has this persona where he's like this super accessible artist and he's got dozens of like 14 to 17 year old girls DMing him. And like hitting him on Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram every day. It's very easy to see where he could get carried away. I'm not yeah. defending him at all. You need to be the bigger person. You need to firmly draw a line. But it's, maybe it's, look it's at also what... like the line drawing is where I have a problem in these cases of uh, like where people are underage. Is that like you and I are like young men. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like... There's such a difference. Everyone always says like, no, 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 like people act older, people act younger. It's like, no, but there's a difference. Like, yeah. there, I, I'm not saying I know what it's like to have fans. I'm not saying I know what it's like to have people throwing themselves at me, but I will say like, he made that decision and like, right. it's clear. If someone's a high schooler 
it's clear. If someone's five years younger than you, it's clear. You have yeah. to make the decision to move forward with any relationship, whether it's participatory or, or worse, if it's grooming or assault, like you're right. moving forward with those decisions. Exactly. So like, I get what you mean. Like those were, he didn't have to go out of his way for this stuff to happen, but right. he still had to actively make really shitty decisions. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think you need to, I guess, yeah, there needs to be a point where you kind of take a step back and should be early on in something like that oh, and say, Hey, right. maybe, maybe take a I step sh- back and blame your bandmate. Exactly. Yeah. Take a step yeah. back, take a deep breath and turn around and point at the fucking drummer. Cause nobody likes that guy. Anyways, my well, dad's the, the little told story of hoodie Allen, the, the, yeah. So hoodie Allen's, hoodie Allen's been canceled. Uh, no one knew. No one asked. There you, go. there you go. I will still put Hoodie Allen songs on the next reunion playlist. What? There. There will also be Riff Raff songs on there, and he's a bad person. But I, I, as a person who likes music a lot, need to be able to find a way to reconcile appreciating the art and hating the artist and i'm working on it because i tend to get very invested in the artists i love lives like langhorn slim remember him the way we move i like him i fucking love that man he is like the most wholesome person ever i got his album i pre-ordered his newest album it's coming to me this week uh pretty psyched but yeah he's like he's a really really great person he writes really introspective songs he makes music that matters and i would be devastated if it came out that he was like a sexual deviant i would probably never listen to him again i'd probably throw away the vinyl and i'd never listen to any of his songs again and tori and i are planning on having one of his songs as our first dance at our wedding yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I think it's an interesting, I don't have an answer for it, but Phil Spector died last week. Mm-hmm. And I always grew up, you know, with my parents listening to 60s rock. And like it kind of just became part of like how I learned about music. And I, to this day, like love it. Phil Spector was like the most prominent songwriter of 60s rock. So like he was like behind so many movements that happen in music that you can mm-hmm. see in the error and like so many of my favorite songs he had his influence in he was a terrible person he he's killed people yeah he's a murderer he's yeah he, murder. he kept people and when he wasn't busy doing these horrific crimes that he was guilty of and accused of and absolutely guilty of um he stri- other than that he was like stealing music from black musicians and not in the way that people to this day steal black culture in every yeah. single way in this country but quite literally like darlene love one of the best singers of, of American history. Like he would use her in the background tracks and then not necessarily pay her and like mm. crazy, like Jim Crow shit within the music industry of like using black musicians and then not letting them see their day and just awful through and through. But it's like, I'm trying to separate out the beautiful relationship that I personally have with like what sixties music is and, and what it did for us and how so much more music's built on it. But he is a core component of that, which is really interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, if uh, any of our listeners have uh, any thoughts on 
separating the art from the artist when the artist is a steaming pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop, drop it in Tweet the comments. Us. Yeah, we want to know. Hit us up on Twitter. I will. Uh, I think I still have. I think we still have a Twitter account for this show. I don't know how to get into it, but I'll t- I'll ask Jack. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 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 Could you? Oh wait, here here's our show. Uh oh, they follow me. We have eleven followers. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And I said that we had a new episode coming out soon in uh in July of twenty fourteen. <laughs> yeah. So oh, we have a website too. It's a blogspot website. Is it still live? Yeah. They didn't take oh, it that's down. Amazing uh yeah all right well i'll try and find the password for this and uh yeah tweet us at world as we know it but it's spelled real funny yeah uh tweet us we're gonna keep experimenting with this until we get 12 followers and then that's the sweet spot and we know we've we've created perfect content and we'll keep repeating whatever we do that's when we really take off that's when our followers start doubling and tripling until they we actually used to have a lot more followers but they uh they're gone yeah after (sighs) after january 8th i don't know what happened we lost like thirty thousand followers and we're down (laughs) yeah it's a real bummer i okay actually yeah full honesty i've been using this twitter account to promote a lot of QAnon content oh Um, i didn't even know yeah oh that's what i'm gonna say in my apology i didn't even know there you go. I'm as disappointed as you are. Okay. Um, yeah. Good. This is this good. Is not, this is not the culture we, we tried to create. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm going to use that. All right. All right. Uh, join us next time. We're going to have an interview with Jack Dorsey uh, about QAnon and why he supports it. Um, and uh, yeah, tune in. That should be an interesting one. <laughs> you're gonna have to fight off a lot of lawsuits here from 11 people <laughs> yeah and jack your you boy oh, i hope i don't get shut out of twitter Nah, i think you'll be fine we'll just make a new wait did you see uh we're, we're just about out of time but did you see the uh after trump got banned like within 15 minutes of him getting banned somebody made a fake trump account and it was just like the profile picture that trump used to have with a mustache photoshopped onto it and it was like, hi, I'm new to Twitter. What's everyone up to or something like that? And it got within like 36 hours, it had like two and a half million likes or something like that. It's like one of the most liked photos or most liked tweets of all time. It's funny. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. The, the account name was like John John Barron or something. Yeah, I, I did see that. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah. Hello, I am brand new to Twitter. What are you guys up to? <laughs> that's good all right well um Uh, are we publishing these uh as soon as i get the theme song finished and put into the beginning of this episode and the others then we will be deal yeah so we'll have a brief stockpile of episodes to get through cool yeah hey that's not Tara. (laughs) we got people in the studio (laughs) all right that's a fan hey tell them to give us a follow you know Okay, on that note, I'm out.
All right. Thank you uh, for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week with Jack Dorsey. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Perfect. Thanks.